1960, ITV executive Sidney Newman asked Brian Clemens to rework the Ian Hendry suspense show Police Surgeon into something called The Avengers. The programme lasted almost the entire decade of the 1960s and became integral in shaping the mod scene in England. Some of its stars, Honor Blackman, Diana Rigg and Patrick McNee, became icons of the spy movie culture that ran rampant through the middle part of that decade. These Avengers don't wear tights, they don't wield magic hammers or fancy shields, but the women are stunningly beautiful and squeezed into tight leather cat suits, so there is that. Join Thomas DJ, top professional, and Scott McGregor, talented amateur, as they journey through an England that didn't exist, but maybe should have, with umbrella, charm, and bowler. You know, that other Avengers podcast. month of October, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the only episode of Did 110 Tap That? I believe he might have. <laughs> I think it was made very clear he did, but <laughs> um, I'm Tom DJ, top professional. I'm Scott McGregor, uh, <laughs> talented amateur. I almost forgot what I was there for a second. And Running is... on low fuel today, folks. I apologize. <laughs> This is with Umbrella, Charm, and Bowler, uh, that other Avengers podcast. And we're back to Venus Smith with today's episode. We're in the middle. We're, we're, let's see. We're in. This is episode 32 overall. Episode six of season two. Uh, the, the second season, yes. Um, with the second Venus Smith episode called The Removal Men. Apparently, in um, while it was being worked on, the title was The Most Expensive Commodity. It was recorded on the 4th of October, 1962. The writers were Roger Marshall and Jeremy Scott. Um, and it was broadcast on November 3rd, 1962. I'm not even born yet. So, so, um, yeah. I guess I'm I'm doing the the summary. Luckily, I've got Dave Rogers' extensive Avengers uh, notebook here. So, well, it's it's the, an it's an easy plot actually. It's a very yeah, it's very simple simple. plot. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's not a it's not a great episode, but there are great characters in it. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> it's like yeah. that. That's the. Uh, we open with uh, the, the teaser is with uh, Steed. Having broken into a house, steals something from said house, and is um, surpri- surprised, I guess, question mark? <laughs> yeah. Uh, by, and it's made very clear, a naked lady. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Covered only by the partition in her, her bedroom there, yeah. in the door, the partial and, door. <laughs> so we can yeah. see that she's naked, but can't see that she's naked. And to be fair, Steve gallantly gives her a robe, so she's not naked anymore. Home invasions in '60s Britain were so polite, and and you know, yeah. Well, remember, this is the Riviera, the French Riviera, right? You know, 
Yeah. Yet again, we have uh, a, an episode set in France where nobody has a French accent. Oh, there was at least one. Uh, there, there, there was oh, some policeman, was, I think. The, that, the, the harbor, the harbor guy. Yeah, yeah he pulled it off pretty well. Played by Ivor Dean, who we are going to see a lot in during the um, Diana Rigg uh, seasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he comes back in various roles, but. Um, what he stole was some of Cecilia, some of the jewelry from this woman who is married to the rather imaginatively named Jack Dragna, who is apparently this is like American mobster type. Right. It's murder, murder, Inc., basically. And, and this <laughs> lieutenant is an Australian played by somebody we've already seen. Um, Edward uh, Richfield played Bug Siegel and um, I knew you looked familiar. Who was he in in another episode? He was in The Girl on the Trapeze. He was the Ah. mastermind. Okay, yep. And once again, we are going to see him again and again and again. Um, Next up is The White Elephant, which I think is in season three. But yes, he's He's all over the place in, in, in the Avengers. I found this website that actually lists all the, as they put it, doppelgangers. Mm-hmm. So, um, he's a great character actor. I mean, yes. and, it, and it's funny as his, I mean, you just said this was basically an American mobster uh, drama. And also, he's an yeah. Australian named Bug Siegel. Bugsy, yes. Bugsy Siegel. So, uh, and, and his wife, Cecilia, well was the naked lady, yeah. is played by an English woman. So <laughs> they're all over the place here. But it turns out what Steed has done is stolen some of Cecilia's jewelry and takes it, knowingly takes it to the fence that Dragna uses. So Dragna finds out. It seems that. That, that Dragna and Bug have been running a assassination bureau out of a nightclub that Bug owns. Convenient where, enough for Venus Smith, yes. <laughs> where Venus Smith happens to be. I don't know. It, it, they don't really make it clear if this is something that Steed arranged or not. Well, she even literally asks him, you know, or, yes, or accuses I him. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, you know. I like the fact there's a continuity between this episode and the decapod. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, that was nice. And, and it's yeah, essentially like, I don't know if I've got got the job of my own or you set up, you know, this all up, yeah. but at least I'm getting paid this time, you know, essentially. Right. <laughs> well, for a while. And uh, I hope you liked, I hope you liked uh, the jazz music from the decapod because we're getting a lot of it here. So. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh that was my, my only problem with the episode, really. There's that one app, there's that one scene where literally the story stops so the harbor policeman can listen to some jazz this this jazz piano without venus even venus gets a song in sort of but it's it's two songs in yeah i'm wondering yeah rehearsal and yeah a bit later uh nearly crying as she thinks she's about to die but we'll get to that (laughs) yeah um so he does this, Steve does this to impress Dragna so he can infiltrate his uh, organization, which he does because Dragna is impressed. Why not? Steve's a very charismatic guy. Uh, Cecilia 
tries to get him to tap that, but Steed refuses. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, choice again. There's no text in this in this episode. No, it's, all, no. it's all text. It's not subtext. There's a lot of sexiness going on in this one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they get their latest assignment from uh, the one of the few French people in this fr- this French set episode. Uh, he is to kill uh, what Nicole Colvin, played by the very lovely uh, Adina Rone, who we will see again. And um, well, once he's infiltrated the Murder Inc., yeah, they 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 execute that mission. So Steed has to uh, fake killing Adina Rone. Um, I think we can bring up the did Steed tap that? You know who knows? Uh, He'd be a fool if not to, because she was a handsome woman. Yeah, she is. She is. (laughs) She is a a gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Um, And we're going to see her in the nutshell, which I think is a third season episode. Um, But uh, so Steed goes to. The studio where it, where Miss um, Colvin is just so happens that Venus has a screen test in the very same studio. Sees him and Nicole leave. Steve doesn't acknowledge it, but that makes things problematic for Dragna and for so, Venus. And for Venus, because they decide. Well, and by the way, Bug seems to have a thing for Venus. Well, he's kind of her manager in this, isn't he? Like the club owner, essentially. He's the club owner, but but there are there's at least one scene where it looks like he's coming on to her, and it, yeah. it's implied she does something physical to him to stop it. Right? Yeah, yeah. It uh, wasn't clear, but it looked like the old need of the yeah. nards. Uh, if, you right. know, by the look so, of his expression, so anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody in this episode is horny as hell. They're in the French Riviera. Drinks are flowing hard yeah. in this episode. Oh, you know, what are you going to do? Not that there isn't something for the ladies, because there are at least two scenes with Steed in just a bike bathing suit. Yeah, yeah. But, um, where was I? I'm <laughs> putting oil on one ten's back, no less. Yes, so that's... yes. Oh, yes. There's also one ten. <laughs> also in a bathing suit at one yeah, point. Yeah, you got your, you know, <laughs> your stuff so, on the other side of the spectrum too. If if that's where Steed you're Steed comes to. back. Steed pretends that he had, you know, uh, Nicole's car is found in the river, and it's presumed that her body was washed away. Until Bug, who never trusted Steed, gets photos of Nicole at her mother's house. See, like I said, I, I think maybe if Steed had tapped that, and there's there's no reason not to assume that. Um, he probably did it in his mother, which is kind of creepy, but that's beside the point. Right, yeah. So... Dragna, who he took is her to a safe hotel first for that. Yeah. Let's just say, you know, yes. the organization has to have its safe hotels as well as mom's safe house, I guess. And, right. Having been exposed, <laughs> Steed and uh, Venus are held hostage at the, at the club, and then there's a exciting uh, shootout. 
convenient shootout. Um, convenient, sh- yeah. <laughs> Steven Venus pretty much got uh, by on the winds of luck on this one, in right. my opinion. And, and Venus wears a very unfortunate outfit. That that spangly top with the with the midriff bear and that, like, that's like no, Julie, no, don't do that, Julie. And uh, the camera didn't help her out either. The camera is no. very exploitive and and lots of low shots on the men and women. I might add. Oh yeah, no, um, this is this is probably the <laughs> the most salacious. Yeah. The show has been up to this point. It gets more salacious when we get into the the Emma Peel seasons. Yeah. Um, but like, there's literally but, just like close-ups of her midriff, yeah. which apparently you still couldn't show the navel, perhaps because mm-hmm. of standards and practices or whatever the BBC's right. version of that is. Because we can't see her navel, but we we get lots of shots of her midriff. And in a um, in a humorous coda, one ten takes Nicole to another beach. <laughs> And we learned that because Bug and Jack Dragna were arrested, she didn't get paid and she lost her ticket. They, they are not going to give her her ticket back to England. Venus, you mean? Yeah. Yes, Venus. And yeah. Venus is not happy. Venus is still wearing that embarrassing midriff bearing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> outfit. Uh, while, while Steed, of course, is is in his uh, sw- he's in his swimsuit at that. He was point, very right? casual in this whole episode. Yes, he's very. He's a very well. We do no, no. Uh, maybe I'm confusing it with the next episode, but I think we do see him once or twice in his full uniform, so to speak. But most of the time, he is just. I've got my lounging pajamas on. Yeah. <laughs> We're in kind of a polo shirt thing. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not a great episode. But like I said, the, the actors put so much life into their characters. They did. And, and I said it's a, it's a great concept. You know, it's an old trope yeah. concept trying to infiltrate the, the assassin's den, basically, you know. Mm-hmm. Good, good spy crime stuff. You know, the Steed's, like, going heavily undercover. Um, and, yeah, although I love the guy that played Jack Dragna, and um, I said it, Adina Rone as, as Nicole was a pleasure to look at for her scenes. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, God, yeah. I mean, <laughs> reminded me kind of a, almost like a Barbara Bach. She reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of... Um, you know, even Britt Eklund. Um, right, and with a little she better wears figure. a very fetching bikini. <laughs> yeah, she does. For, for 60s bikinis, as far as those go. Um, uh, well, you know, it's... it's Oh, no, no, that that's the next... I, I saw two episodes back-to-back, pretty yeah. much, so uh, I, I might get them confused. I have to keep remembering that this is... But uh, Ed, uh, Reed DeRone played Dragna, and we're going to see him again. And he's marvelous. Yeah, he looked real familiar too. I'm sure I've seen him in. Yes, a few he's things. absolutely marvelous. He reminds me a lot of Michael Leonard. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can see uh, that. Just, he's very smooth, very charismatic, and you really got the impression that he li- he genuinely liked Seed. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Which is why when when he discuss, he's so crestfallen. Well, and one ten accuses Steed of of liking him a little too much, and he's yeah. just like professional respect, nothing but professional respect. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think professional respect. 
respect includes sitting on on the guy's veranda sipping his uh sipping his brandy yeah and almost sipping his wife's brandy yeah um but but he could so, have. That, that's the point he, he he had so much professional respect you wouldn't tap that he would so. even though even though she was saying i'll let you do it Pretty much, yeah, it was right out there, yeah. How did that says, I won't tell my husband. <laughs> right, yeah, that's pretty much, green light, green light, you know. Yes, she puts her feet in his lap and says, I, I won't tell my husband. Yeah, if you flirt with me, yeah, <laughs> or other <Yeah>. things. <laughs> you know, uh, it, just a great, uh, the, the cast just elevates things and this this story needed to be elevated because it is padded to hell yeah and it, it, it does, I'm, the, I like the music but it just brought things to a screeching yeah. halt every time it happened in this episode it was just yeah, felt I mean, really shoehorned during the climax they, they make uh, Venus go over and sing something on the piano to, to waste time that was a hard scene to watch actually because oh. like she must have been terrified you know if you're you know, poor. I mean, she. The first scene between her and Steed, I loved, and I. Oh I, yeah. It still maintains that Speed Steed tapped that somewhere along the line because she's kind of like all over him too, mm-hmm. you know. Despite the the you know issues she's had with his methods in the past, and that she's kind of sure, you know, that he set this whole thing up, and she basically volunteers to help him. You know, the she she's like, all right, let's just get this over with. I'm just going to help you, you know, before you all have right. to go through your little machinations to to coerce me into doing it and he's kind of like no no really i'm I'm just this is coincidence i you know i I don't need you this time it's interesting that this is an episode where literally steed gets venus in trouble where she didn't need to bad i'm really mad at steed at the end of this one actually you know because it it could have gone should have gone badly for both of them because essentially Hmm. if you know, I remember correctly. He essentially just gets his moment and takes the gun away, and, there, and there's no other skill or or planning to it than that, really. And and th- talk about the you know the the stereotypical bad murderer is just you know they they yeah. really serve you know Steve and Venus some champagne as they're waiting around for a chance to mm-hmm. kill them, and it's just like just you know. Just bam, bam, one in both head, and, and, and clean up afterwards, guys. And then he right. can't get the drop on you. But no, <laughs> got to be monologuing and shit. <laughs> yeah, but it's, so I wasn't a big fan of the end. I wasn't a big fan of no. the music. But overall, I loved I, I all the acting. The story, right? Like no, the story you said like, is this... is solid enough in its concept and its trope that I, I enjoyed it and. And I, I like the, uh, the the guy playing Jack Dragno is was very yeah. charismatic, yeah, and it's the kind of thing where you you don't you know you're not supposed to like him because he's a ruthless mm-hmm. assassin, but you can't help it. And I think that's that's what Steed portrays right. too. I mean, you you compare this to the villains we get in the next episode, who are kind of thuggish. And much more in keeping of what we've seen so far. More ruthless over stamps, no less. Than, yeah. Uh, Whereas spoilers. here, I mean, <laughs> I, I think in, in Dragna, we have the the first villain in the, in the second season that could stand with Mr. Teddy Bear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that Edward Rich, that, uh, you know, 
Bug hat being this like really over the top Australian type. Yeah. <laughs> but still, he, Rod Richfield put energy into it. Yeah. I mean, in fact, although he is part of the, the worst scene in the film, in the uh, episode where the harbor officer comes over and Bug asks him, Have you found a body? No, I want to listen to jazz first. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know that's the, that's the only exposition he realized. You know, yeah, that, that's the yeah. only way he found finds out that Steed was seen by Venus too. So it was just yeah. kind of, all right, we need this exposition, but we're gonna have some music first, and you have to sit through mm-hmm. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of painful. And yeah, and he starts discussing. It's like, no, I don't want to hear Brubeck. I want to hear some of their work. Yeah. He has to expound on why he likes. He gets a whole monologue about why he likes jazz, and it's like you're just the harbor man, yeah, the harbor yeah. God sakes. <laughs> there, he it, was somebody's he had, cousin or something. He's like, God damn, I no, want no, a good is, scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the harbor master is played by Ivor Dean, who is one of the great, the, one of the great uh, background character actors in. England at the time, and we will see him uh, much later in Dead Man's Treasure, which is a six-season Emma Peel episode, and one of the better episodes in the Tara King season, the seventh season, the Super Secret Cipher Snatch. Yeah, I just saw that. I'm on IMDb right now. That just right. that name alone intrigues me. Yeah. I oh, can't th- wait for. It. <laughs> that is one of my. Uh, of the set, like I said, the seventh season I think gets a bad rep. Super it's Secret Cipher Snatch would be a great name for a punk band. I think I'm Could trademarking also... that right now. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I'm also I also had this like really. I guess because we're talking about this episode, my mind is in the gutter because <laughs> the episode was kind of in the gutter. Yeah, uh, I'm also thinking Super Secret Cipher Snatch would be a, a uh, could theoretically be a triple x james bond parody true very true (laughs) um but yeah it's it's watchable because we have all these great performances going on um and we we have talked actually i mean we have talked about how absolutely adorable adina renee is um Although Patricia Dennis, who plays Cecile, isn't too bad herself. No, no, she was cute, definitely. Yeah, yeah and she has a definite. And the, the nice thing about about Cecile is that she has this kind of very cheeky. <laughs> uh, well, she's she's kind of she's yeah very charismatic, but I mean yeah very flirtatious, obviously, and uh, has the same kind of. I'm just a business person, you know. Yeah, we kill each other, yeah. we kill people for our business, but. You know, mm-hmm. And she's actually the pragmatic one in the family. She's the one that tries to yeah. get Jack to. She's like, "Yo, you've been you've been knocking says, off a lot of high profile kill. targets lately. Let's yeah. just take a little Let's break." Let's not kill the know? sex symbol. Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. So, uh, the other standout I just have to mention, which which yes, you know, ties in with our usual list scenes in the nightclubs, the mm-hmm. uh, the solid gold sixties twist dancers. Oh, um, really use the Royal Shakespeare method of, of twist dancing I mean, or something. I mean, they just, the they way, seem so intense feet. that they don't really look <laughs> like they're having a good time. <laughs> just, oh gosh. It's kind of a mix of intense and extremely casual. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
if you look closely in that opening scene, you can see a boom mic. Oh yeah, no, I missed that. Okay, uh, the, so, um, you just got the the shiny new versions because I, I was watching it was in a great transfer on the uh, on the old website. So the first mm-hmm. couple of minutes were actually kind of very pixelated. Wasn't really sure what was going on. Um, but yeah, the the dances were just kind of hilarious and, and just too not into it or something. I don't know. Or too into it. <laughs> I haven't looked for the for Doctor Who connections yet. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I there's a big Doctor. We're going to have an enormous Doctor Who connection in the next episode. But um, I know that Richfield shows up on Doctor Who. Um. I'm sure Ivor Deans must have at some point. But I bring this up is there is, and I think this was being shot around the same time, uh, a Doctor Who serial. It was one of the last Doctor Who serials to feature William Hartnell called The War Machines, which is not very good. But a portion of it takes place in Dante's Inferno, a, uh, uh, a hip you know, teenager club and that, that those dance scenes are just as embarrassing. Well, I found one Dragna, um, on his page, there's something doctor who here. Okay. Well, the thing is you you can't, you can't hit throw a, a, a cat. Yeah, Pa Clanton in the uh, OK Corral and Johnny okay. Ringo in 1966. Played the same character okay. in two separate episodes. <laughs> so there it is. Well, I think that the 66 episode... No, no, that's not... There. Yeah, I think that, that that's the Gunfighters, which is a William Hartnell episode. But, oh my God, and so... so oh, yeah, yes. Doctor Who, the Gunfighters, yep. Yeah. So it's a, it's watchable, even though it's not a very good episode. I just maybe it was uh, when we watched it last night. I just and I was actually, I admit I was kind of trying to practice my guitar a little bit while I was going on. But <laughs> so then when the music started, I just like, I just kind of my brain shut off for some reason. And I was actually, as you said, we get two performances from Venus, but yeah. the first one is just kind of a rehearsal thing, so yeah. it's not hugely exciting. And then the last one, as I said, it, it was just like. You know, just kind of heartbreaking, and and she nailed it. I have to give Julie mm-hmm. Julie props on this that she right. she really thought she was going to die at that point. You know, and mm-hmm. I I bought it. So, damn you, Steed, making that it, poor girl it, it cry does like surprise that. Surprise me that she continues to hang out with Steed. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think you know she she maybe believed him that he hadn't, or she was just expecting yeah. to go with the flow, and you know that occasionally put you as a murder target, but. Uh, you got to look too close to four this time, so yeah. Um, so, but um, we have four more episodes with Venus, mm-hmm. uh, including what I think is her best uh, her her best episode, "The Man in the Mirror." There's there's no singing in that one though. I was expecting her to sing during you know the the Harbor Master thing. You know, yeah. it's like okay, <laughs> no. well, they're really they're just gonna have him play piano, huh? okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, well, you know, but it's just that that scene could be have been cut out. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it just brought to a screeching halt. Yeah, yeah, it's just, and the thing is, is like, here's a close up of uh, 
the band leader, and here's a close-up of yeah. I Martins, yeah. and, and here's uh, Edward Richfield behind the bar, kind of looking bored. I'm like, why? <laughs> well, because I think it was such a simple, although good concept, that the writers are just like, okay, well, we've written like four pages now, and that's the whole script, and uh, what are we going to do? <laughs> Music number. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, so I would, I would recommend this this is this is made watchable so so i would recommend it um but going it's through still our definitely list, a step up from mission to montreal so oh God, no mission to montreal was interminably <laughs> bad um uh it is a funny script and i think it's made more funny by by the the actors the actors are the mvp of this oh yeah i mean i think mean, really is having a ball on this one so. it, it, it's funny it's like watching this i was like i was kind of my mind was wandering a bit and speculating on what the show would have been like if they decided to because remember julie stevens was signed on in the first season they were going to put her in in the later half of the first season before the, that that was canceled by uh, a, a strike I think less is more. I, I think they yeah. would have struggled to find things for her to do. Um, yeah. And the next that She has such is, a genuine chemistry. She does, yeah. She's a great actress, and, and she is great with Steed. Um, and anyone she's she's playing off of, really. But um, You know what else it is? It's, like, it, it's very similar to uh, my feeling about Doctor Who companions. Yeah. It's like... A lot of people prefer the companions who just go along and are sidekicks and are like, yes, doctor, and ask all the questions. I like the ones that give the doctor shit. Yeah, I do too. I and I like I the fact too. that 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 Venus is very upfront about the fact I don't trust you. I know, but I, I still I, I have to disagree with you a little bit. I think she's still a little naive and able to be manipulated yeah. by him. Um, because even so, as said in this one, it was it was great that they, you know that she's kind of expecting mm-hmm. to get caught up in all this intrigue, and, and she just kind of like, no, I really just, you know, I'd like to buy the club. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, if you got any help from me on that end, go for it, because she basically mm-hmm. volunteers to. But yeah, um, I don't, I genuinely don't think he had planned to get her caught up in the more dangerous aspects in this one. Um. You know, he doesn't seem to go out of his way to to make her leave and protect herself or anything. <laughs> he does no. try. He does as yes. soon as he realizes that she's in danger. He obviously tries to you know, be like, "You might better get out of here." Yeah, it, it might not be safe for you here. Um. So, uh, I think we've already discussed the kinkiness factors all over the place. On this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this is, this is a, like, I, this is, like I said, the most salacious episode that we've hit so far. Um, uh, there is champagne. We yeah. do see champagne. A lot of champagne and other Lots beverages and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of whiskey. Yeah. A lot of whiskey in this one, but well, American but yes. assassins drink the whiskey, you know, it's yes. kind of a thing. Because they're American, yeah. <laughs> but um, but can't yes, celebrate champagne. death with champagne. Although I yes. think they do. <laughs> um, fights. They're 
kind of there. Well, the one at the end, but as I yeah. said, it, it felt fell a little flat to me because it was like purely, you know, there was no, not even really Steed having, you know, his, his rescue party coming in to save everyone. It, it was just kind of dumb luck that he's able to get the gun away and, and start to shoot yeah. out and, and prevails at the end. It, it, it's almost like Marshall and Scott, the writers, had no idea how to end this thing. Yeah, I got that feeling a lot. You know, it's like, all right, well, we got them both at gunpoint at the table. Now what? And, like, we haven't set up any inspectors. He did talk to, you know, I mean, 110 could have been watching things and sent yeah. in a team of commandos or something, but that didn't even happen. <laughs> so no, it's no. just all, you know, Steve didn't even have his magic umbrella. What happens at, the, at this point in, in the in the Avengers life that the cavalry comes and helps Steve mop up? Yeah, well, we've seen it I in mean, previous episodes, even. Next, next episode. Yeah. Um, which has a very interesting pedigree, but we'll get to that next month. Um, what? Okay, so fights like uh, strangest. We've talked about the fact that this is the the second French set episode where no one really speaks French. Right. Well, yeah. Well, everyone's at least from a different country, mostly in this. Yeah. I mean, everyone's vacationing, and, and you know, we got Bug, Bugsy Siegel there as from Australia for some reason. And, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Dragon is pretty much American. This is his wife, and, you know, Venus is Venus. And, you know, so it's, a, it's not a requirement that we had a lot of French people, but at least they, they gave one guy giving it a shot. You know. So, um, and obviously there are a lot of scenes in a nightclub. Yeah. So, um, that's why I just can't see how Venus can be. You just can't. You know, and it's illustrated pretty clearly in yeah. the next episode where you know Honor Blackman comes in again and is like this multi. If they if they had like hey, if they wanted, to- I'm willing to bet that if they showed that they gave Honor Blackman that outfit, that that they have, she would not wear it. Probably not. She'd be like, are you would, kidding me? Would have wore it better, maybe. I don't know. Well, yeah, I'm but biased. I don't think she would deem to wear that. A ridiculous thing. It was very, I mean, we're always talking about how Patrick McNee was, you know, a feminist for his time and, and loved the ladies, mm-hmm. but respectfully. And th- th- this episode didn't show that. And, you know, maybe no, his, his no. producer influence waned a this little in this right one. Right there with, with the, the episode that we saw recently where he's slapping people on the ass. Right. Yeah. I mean, that aside, but just the camera work in general was just yeah. designed to titillate in this and it, oh, it yeah, didn't I mean, even I, do it that well it was for just... god's sakes the first shot is of some woman's ass yeah so <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> my girlfriend is loving these but I, I do have to cringe every now and then when yeah. this stuff's going on and, like, it's... so uh, n- not not the finest hour <laughs> not mission to Montreal but not exactly the show's finest hour to date no. um, so Venus goes away for a little bit um, and we're going to be back next month with uh, with Kathy. And yeah, going um, going back just briefly to you know whether yeah. she would have worked as the main companion or not. I mean, the writers could have developed. I mean, they they yeah, developed has- Kathy Gale. 
very well very early on. Mm-hmm. And if they did similar with, you know, Venus Smith, it's like, okay, she's a lounge singer, but she actually has a doctor in psychology, too. Um, yeah, or, you know, or, that or I could she's buy. She's smart because she get, she, she's street smart. Right. And, and like if that. she had, like, if, you know, the, but even that, like, the, you know, if she, the uh, entertainment connections mm-hmm. angle runs out after a while, you have to have a little other skill set. And, and, and like, like Kathy, you can just keep writing in new stuff. Yeah, you know, it's like apparently Kathy she's into stamps too. Every episode, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that that stretches the imagination too. But at least it, it keeps the character. That's one of your subjects, isn't it, Kathy? Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. It's required by the episode, so yes. Yeah, yeah. Anthropologist <laughs> slash stamp collector. <laughs> yes. Oh my god! I, I, but that I, would make more sense to me than say a, a lounge singer stamp yeah. collector for some reason because you can kind of juggle anthropology and stamps and mm-hmm. put them in the same sphere yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk because about, about to say we also learn what a, that continue to get evidence that steed is a bit of a clot <laughs> yeah 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 he, um, he literally is on the whims of fate at the end of this one he does nothing yeah. special to get himself out of out of the mess he gets in yeah <laughs> but it would i think it, it might have been a different show if um venus had taken over the show instead of uh, instead of kathy yeah um, we would have had a lot more nightclub scenes that speak the plot to evolve <laughs> yeah she they would have had, would have had to yeah. who have evolved her a bit and in 1960s television characters didn't evolve much yeah they, they I, especially static. not especially not with you know these self-contained episodes, although they, you know, as you said, they actually do reference a past episode in this, in a way. So, and of course, and also, you know, we have a recurring character show up. So, yeah. <sighs> although I wish they covered him up, he is not a, uh... <sighs> you know, Nick Donald uh, Douglas Muir is not an attractive man when he's in his swim trunks. No, no, but. You know, he is very charismatic and a good actor. Yes. I, I yeah, oh no, one second. He got, see, McNeil, I'm beginning to think that, that watching these back-to-back-to-back, I'm beginning to think McNeil is just one of those people that has chemistry with everybody. Yeah. Um, And of course, we see that with, with people like, you know, Julie Stevens and like Honor Blackman and later on, with uh, Diana Rigg, of course, and even with um, Linda Thorson, who was very underserved by her scripts. Um, he, he, it, he does his best to make them look good. And I think that also extends to people like Douglas, you know, like like 110. And later on, when we get to mother, mother and father, um but it's just, I mean, he's hes just one of these pe- people. I think it comes from the stage a lot, where it's like, your job is to make everybody look good. Well, it's just uh, his face. And he's, Patrick yeah. Minnie's got that, like, perpetual grin on his face. It mm-hmm. just screams, you know, um, what's the word? Gregacious and, you know, just yes. approachable gregarious. and yeah, gregarious. That's what I'm looking for. And yeah, so yeah, you'd be hard pressed to like look at that guy in a crowd and think, boy, that guy's a real jerk. You know, yeah, he's, he's the kind of guy you want to go up and have a scotch with. You know? 
<laughs> so <laughs> fried rice, scotch. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Or well, depending upon what champagne. Yeah. It could be scotch. It could be brandy. It could be champagne. So, um, coming up is like I said, we're going back to Kathy with. Let me see if I can pronounce it correctly. The Mauritius Penny, I think it's called, is the name of the episode. I literally just watched some of it. And I can't remember okay. how they're the Martuius Martuius yeah. Penny, maybe Martuius. Basically, a spy Meritus. story Meritus about Penny. stamps. Yeah, which is uh, which is believe it or not, it's not. It's actually an improvement over this episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then we get the death of a Great Dane, which is one of the best episodes ever. Oh, the one one scene I almost uh, you know. Oh. Almost forgot it in this one. Um, or no, wait, it's actually in the stamp one. Never mind. <laughs> okay, never mind. That's why I had to only record one today. And this is behind yeah. the curtain. Uh, just stuff. so you know, there <laughs> might be a break. It, uh, we're going to try to fit a recording in next month, but next month is October, and that is usually spent with the with me doing the gauntlet that is the Halloween Horror Fest. Yeah. So we'll I get it. we'll get it in early November or something. We'll still stay yeah, on schedule. We'll, we'll, but I'll see if we can we can do it. It's like you know the the schedule is still forming for uh, the Halloween harvest. And by the way, guys, you are able to um, pro- help program the Halloween harvest, like uh, people like Damian Crawford and um, William Bibiani. And uh, Mike Blanchard. Uh, go to the Domicile Dread, look up the Halloween Horror Fest 2019, and learn how you can be can sponsor a day of my torture, basically. <laughs> I, I barely got out last year. I barely got out alive. I was just presented with a podcasting idea from one of my cohorts that joins mm-hmm. me on Weekly Heroics and wants to do a, like a round table on every Spider-Man movie so far. Okay. I'm just like, which is a great idea, but I, mm-hmm. I, I would feel obliged to watch them all again. And that's, that's yeah. a lot of damn Spider-Man. Uh, that's like, those are two hours, two hours, two and a half hours a piece. Folks. Yeah, I know. We're talking what three, three Raimi, two amazing. Yeah. Three and, Raimi, two, two web. Both of the both of the amazing Spider-Man films yeah. were by Mark Webb, yeah, and I still think that I think that they just hired him because that was his last name. Maybe, yeah. Um, that shows in the, the second movie. And uh, the two, have you seen the clip that Sony posted today of no. J.K. Simmons has J. Jonah Jameson? Oh, is that the the? The clip from Far From Home, the the after credit scene. Oh, it was an after credit scene. See, yeah, this is surprising because, of course, Mysterio is Spoilers. one of my favorite Marvel <laughs> characters ever. Yeah, he was the first. Uh, I think the first Spider-Man cartoon I saw back in 1968 was mm-hmm. the Mysterio two, was the Mysterio one. Right, and he's always been my favorite. Spider-Man villain, one of my favorite characters of all time. He's right up there with with George Batrock. Um, and uh, brave man for admitting that Batrock's one of your favorite supervillains. Batrock is the man. <laughs> Scott. 
Patriarch is he. I agree. I think he's a great villain, but I don't know if that's actually the popular opinion. So hard, he knocked him out. (laughs) Okay, did the Joker do that? No. (laughs) Well, that's why, of course, this past weekend we had quote the second, actually the second Batman Day. Yeah. Um, this year, and there's usually. For some reason, September 21st is Batman Day, and I, I think he doesn't need a day. I, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I just want to get on the committee that sits around the table and decides these things. Yeah. Like, what fictional characters get what days? <laughs> we are elder statesmen of geek. I know. And then we, should, we should be asked. We have the right to proclaim things. But yeah, we should be consulted about this. I agree completely. So, so I think instead of. I, since a lot of people already had Batman Day stuff made up, uh, I, I have proposed that we change that to Baytrock Day <laughs> and celebrate all things George Baytrock. It's also Earth, Wind, and Fire Day. Okay. Well, yeah, it's the end of September. Yay, yay. Yes. Um. The, the September, the song actually cites the 21st of September. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> So it will be Earth, Wind, Fire, and Baytrock Day. And I would love to hear a collaborative <laughs> I would love to hear that. The thing um, with Batman Day is the flaw is right there in the name. It has to be Batman Night, right? Yeah. You know, that just Batman Day I, makes I no love, sense. Oh, was it? I think it was Nancy Collins. Nancy Collins told me a story once about when she was writing Swamp Thing, she wanted to have a Batman do a cameo, but it was during the day. Mm-hmm. And then group editor Denny O'Neill said, no, Batman doesn't appear during the day. <laughs> and Nancy Collins says, so the Joker could be out at high noon shooting babies. That's it. That's his flaw. Yeah. And <laughs> so, um, but, but yeah, but yeah. And that's why they I, never I, gave I, her I a Batman Baytrock. story to write. Oh, I guess they did probably. <laughs> <laughs> I want Baytrock. I, I, I think that we need to replace Batman Day with Baytrock Day. Nobody, everybody gives love to Batman every day. N- nobody gives love to George Baytrocks. Hey, that was one of the best realized uh, fifth tier villains in any of the Marvel movies, in my opinion, was seeing Batrock show up in the uh, Winter oh, Soldier. I was loving it. For that. Yeah. Oh. I was like, yeah, because like I, I know that this sounds ridiculous, but yes, Aatrox <clears throat> is one of my favorite Marvel characters. That's like you know, I mean, us, you know, even casual Daredevil fans when when the Netflix show started, they actually did have a picture of Stiltman's legs at one point, and we're like, we want to see Stiltman. Oh, I, I thought that was my favorite Daredevil villain. Is I want to see the Trapster. I want to see Pace yeah. Pot Pete. I want to see. <laughs> All those cheesy villains. But, but when they introduce, I mean, granted, he's only known as Pot, you know, by his Melvin Potter, by his uh, right. Yeah. But I, I so marked out when when the gladiator showed up. I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. But but yeah, but yes, I I, I really I, I'm not making I'm not trying to be ironic, folks. I'm not trying to make a joke. I I think Baytrock is a great character. <laughs> I, I think, think we're, we're we're crawling I, over into that other Avengers realm now. Yes, we, we, I know. We got to drag ourselves back. Let's, let's reel it back in. Yeah. So, so yes. Yeah, so we were getting the, the, the. Hey, we were in the French Riviera. We got to talk about Baytrack. Right? Yes, exactly. Baytrack yeah. was probably yeah. there as a young child while yeah. this was going on, learning his savat. Yeah. <laughs> 
watching Steed's moves from the sidelines. Yes, taking notes from the master. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why Baytrock didn't become a wrestler. Because right? he was watching Steed. Was, and as, he, as he's taking, you know, smoothness lessons from uh, Steed, he's thinking, but I think I'd rather have a mustache. <laughs> yeah. I'm French. I must have a mustache. Mustache. <laughs> Oh, or Algerian, God. sorry, I guess. Yeah, sorry. I know he's supposed to be, but, but let's face it, he's a French stereotype. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yes, he's a French stereotype. But uh, the only thing I guess would is that they made him actually dress in the French flag colors. Yeah. <laughs> instead of that orange and purple gear. But and they gave they gave the the the, the actor the, the the MMA fighter who played Beat Rock in Winter Soldier purple and orange gear too. I was yeah. Like, yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh God! So once again, we've gone off on a tangent, and I'm sure Derek is going to complain to me about that. Hi, Derek. <laughs> so, um, sorry, Derek. It's all, all it's a big Avengers universe, and sometimes we have to dip into the other one too. Uh, <laughs> As always, we encourage you folks to explore the Two True Freaks podcast network. Um, and let's see, over at Weekly Heroics, you're you're wrapping up. Legion, is it? Are you? If I remember correctly, you're wrapping up Legion, and then you're getting ready for. Um, yeah, Legion has been wrapped. We're um, we're well. We're about to cover the last episode ever of Preacher. Okay, and we're going to come out with a two-part thing on the boys a okay. little bit so, after so that. So it's Garth Ennis' time. If you like Garth, pretty Dennis. much yes, and, and I encourage anybody else to make any other TV shows of Garth Ennis stuff. <laughs> Just a Pilgrim, Wormwood, because um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm loving it, and it, and it makes me make, makes me question on whether I'm a good person or not. But I, I love me some Garth Ennis. I could see <laughs> Shudder doing a series based on the Crossed. Jeez, I don't even know that one. Okay, The Crossed was a, a Garth Ennis book that he did for, um, is it Avatar is the name of the? Um, and Ava, Avatar was known as being like kind of an edgier imprint. You could be a little bit more violent and a little. And it's basically a kind of 28 days later Garth Ennis style. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and it's re The Crossed refers to the fact that the people who fall prey to this malady basically are compelled to like etch a cross into their face. Yeah, but, okay. Uh, yeah, he but does. I see Shutter doing that. He does love his irreverence, doesn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yes, he does. Um, <laughs> if, I, I may be going to help basic, you know, based solely on my my enjoyment of Garth Ennis. I've decided. So, you know, so we're going like, to have. Oh, you did that to a person. That's not that big of a deal. But you read Wormwood, so mm -hmm. sorry, you can't come in the pearly gates, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Garth Ennis would be just perfectly happy writing war stories for the rest of his life. He would do. He does violence in an apocalypse well, so I can't yeah. see that being a problem for him. Yeah. I think he just maybe needs a hug, though. The man really needs to lighten his spirit a little bit. But, yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> are, are there any five-minute freaks coming up with you and, and Chris? No, no. We've been slacking. I've been trying to drag him to a couple movies here and there, too, and we just haven't gotten around to it. So, I don't okay. know. I'm going to buy myself um, one of those mobile mics, and then me and Laugh Track yeah. Kina are going to have to start doing them. 
Okay. Hey, cool. Cool. And um, that's the. Oh, what is the other thing that you're involved in? How come I can't remember it? Um, oh, garage sale gloat, but that's garage. That's yeah, I don't pretty know why. That's the most done. important one. Yeah, but unfortunately, we had a really short season. There's like one more coming out, and I think we're pretty much done. Uh-oh. Just have not been, I mean, just this year, but we just haven't been able to make it out, really. And, right. and My mother is having a stoop she, she said it was going to be a yard sale. I said, yeah, but you're doing it on the stoop, so it's a stoop <laughs> sale. But um, she's having one this Sunday, and I have to be there for some reason. Um, yeah, we but, might attempt this weekend if there's if the Mother Nature... It's been giving us some pretty hot days still, but yeah, yeah, mostly... I'm still surprised. I, I was I was expecting to start wearing my jacket by this point. Yeah, um, but also also around uh, the startling vault of horror, monster, terror. <laughs> um, that one. They yeah. just released. What when they just re- they just released an episode, and they're going on. I don't know if we're doing our annual crossover with the Honeywell experiment. Mm-hmm. I know that we, we've talked about doing a special episode about about the new remake of Black Christmas, which is coming out from uh, Blumhouse. Right. But I don't know. We haven't really made much plans about that. But, uh, yeah, you have that. If you love horror films, you know, Chris and the Jack and Eddie brothers and the hair metal hero do their best. Um, they just did one on a sleepaway camp. Apparently. That was it. Yes, that's I don't know right. how that's the first time they've ever done that one, but um, two things. Two things I want. I want to state one. Felissa Rose was 13 years old when she did that film, mm-hmm. which to me is mighty damn impressive. <laughs> you know, it, and and two, she has grown up to be a very, very, very attractive young woman. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, not young anymore. I still. think she might. We've got a Rochester like ScareCon coming up that I want to go to. That's going to have. I messaged Chris the other day. I'm like, how do you not have get a press pass for this from the yes. vault and go? Because they're having like the 40th anniversary of uh, Phantasm, and Coscarelli is uh, going to be there, and everyone's going to be there. So it's like I, I, I kind of have to go to that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I met Coscarelli because I, I was at a, a, one of the press screenings for Bubba Hotep. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. So I got to, but uh, uh, but yes, it's Starling Vault the Monster Terror. The Jack and Eddie Boys, of course, are still doing their uh, their good work at Earth Destruction Directive. Babe's uh, Bots and Bugs, or and some iteration Bob, of that. And Abe. Although, I've got to ask Jason why the files are so big. Hmm. I don't know. They're like two, they're like, the files on average are like 150 megs. Wow. Hmm. And I'm like, they're only hour long shows. Why are they so, are so big? But. Um, but they're still doing their their, their great work. Uh, Jason does it, of course, with his father, which is cool that we've got an elder elder statesman, yeah, on the Two True Freaks Network. Because um, we need we need an, somebody who is there back when fandom was considered a bad thing. Yeah, learn us some about appreciating what we got now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> What, uh, okay, also we have uh, the Honeywell Experiment. This month, 
we go to Australia and a, a, a seminal film in the Ozploitation movement, The Lost Weekend. Yeah, nice. Um, and uh, they have, fingers crossed, because I don't usually like to talk, well, to talk about them until they're in the can, but this Saturday we're supposed to record with a guest, and I have approached another director, a very notorious director in the grindhouse circuit and he has agreed to be on the show um if you want to know who that person is let me just say if you like films about cats living inside other cats you're not going to want to miss this episode sweet so uh that's coming um I promise I will get episode two on on the two true freaks feed of Thomas DJ's watching because I got two and I got episode three, um, but that's that's coming out. Uh, Dread Media. We're, in fact, I'm going to be recording later today. Uh, the next batch of reviews for Dread Media with with Desretic. Uh, we're going to be reviewing a Finnish superhero movie, hmm. uh, starring the guy that I dubbed. Uh, Hipster doofus Eric Eric uh, Stoltz. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, so we're gonna have more grid media stuff coming. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, Jagai and Jetty. Jagai and Jedi. Sorry, <laughs> I always get that wrong. One of these days, you're just gonna say like Jack off and Jedi when you say that. Oh, I guess yes. I just did. Yes, uh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Trentus Magnus. I got to pl- do one more shameless plug for myself, too. I, I got to finally do a, a guest editor stint on Back oh, to the yes. Bins. That That's right. Probably and, and be I, out by the time you hear this, so just go and look for it. Yeah. And, and, and I did one with Chris, me, and uh, Dario Gonzalez of yeah. We Didn't Beat It yeah. uh, did one as well, which was interesting. Because what was interesting was how there seemed to be a theme in all of the in, – in the three, even though we picked them separately. Oh, there was no in, intention there, huh? There was no intention. Yeah. It just so happened that it just seemed – that there was just some interesting synergy going on about basically real life stuff invading invading the comics but and uh of course if you would like to support this podcast and others like it i do uh suggest you sign up for the domicile of dread patreon for as little as a dollar you can get little writings every month uh and if you give me more every month you get more stuff so um you can learn the details on the uh on the domicile of dread website and also uh while this this episode is airing the halloween horror fest is happening which is a marathon i do every year at least one film a day all month of october that i have to watch and write on Sometimes last year I did as many as three a day, which was insane. Yeah. But, um, and you can tell me what to watch. Last year we did it as a polls. This week, this time we're trying to get people to 
we're trying to get it preset. So, so yes. So once again, go to the domicile of dread, domicile DJ's domicile dread dot blogspot dot com for more information. You can still so, email us about this podcast too, although none yes. of you do. Oh, also join guilt, join guilt. our Facebook, yeah, join our Facebook. Facebook page, which is of course on Facebook. It'd be really weird if it was on Instagram or um, MySpace. Even weirder, yeah. Uh, it's not a thing anymore. I don't think so. But it's like millennials are going. I seem to recall somebody talking about this once. Yeah. What was the other one? There was MySpace, and there was another Friendster. Um, Friendster. You'll, yes. You'll, you'll have to ask your uh, your experiment buddy about his experience with that someday. Okay. Um, cause he's, he's got some tales to tell. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. So, <laughs> so my friends, uh, I hope you enjoyed this hour of us talking about a set in England standing in for the French Riviera. Ah, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> this very sexy episode. It was. Uh, and, uh, once again, join us around this time next month for the. I'm going to try it again. I'm probably going to get. I'm probably going to pronounce it differently this time than I did the last time. <laughs> the Mauritius Penny. I think that might be right. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and until next time, be sure to. Keep your rope handy at, at all times. <laughs> and always oil up your boss's back when he asks. Yes, yes. If your boss asks you to, to oil up his back, you do so. Yeah. Even how icky that may seem to you. <laughs> oh, God. I just expect the ice. You just go, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, until next Steve's time. He's a guys, good soldier. <laughs> you know, always wear a sunscreen. <laughs> Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes. And you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks.